This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. We are back from our hiatus. We spent days giving thanks. Back now doing the newscast. And we've got exciting news. We have a new studio name, folks. We're no longer broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort. We are now broadcasting out of Lonnie's Discount Muffler and Ribs Studio. (laughs) Thanks to our Patreon, Steven, for the generous contribution. Uh, Naming rights of the studio for the next month. Lonnie's Discount Muffler and Ribs Studio. Anything that ties us closer to the Street Fight universe is good in my book. Lo- love it. I, I absolutely love it. I just want, why not Terry? Why not Terry's discount muffler and ribs? <laughs> why not? <laughs> or, 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 or Terry's Kratom and CBD. Well, they don't, they, they're not really, Street Fight Universe isn't about CBD. It's just where, wherever they sell CBD, there's usually also Kratom too. Yeah, True. Well, it's good to be back. Good to have the new studio name. Just a reminder, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Subscribe. Five bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus content we put out. You also get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. We're going to read some poetry later on in today's show. Can you even remember a single news story from the Thanksgiving break? I really, I fucking can't. I'm sitting here thinking like, is there a news story we have to like, just sort of casually banter about just to recognize that it happened? Yeah, I'm trying to think and- Shooting uh, some blanks here. Yeah, nothing outside of like impeachment news really. Just the usual sort of stuff, the usual hum of uh, Trump administration scandals that, that just like, Go in one ear and out the other 12 hours later. Yeah. Well, we're back now covering all the rest of the news. Let's get started. It's Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. Here's the news. The U.S. Navy is warning that the military needs to spend billions more to counter the so-called Chinese threat. The Armed Services Branch announced a massive payday for defense contractor General Dynamics, a $22 billion contract to build nine new nuclear submarines. This is the largest shipbuilding contract ever awarded by the U.S. Navy, ever. In the history of this country, the largest shipbuilding contract ever. The new class of subs will be bigger than the ones currently in operation. The Navy is touting that the vessels will have increased their Tomahawk missile strike capacity from 12 to 40. Ooh. I could not give less of a shit that we're increasing. I mean, I give a shit in that I fucking hate this whole story. Yeah. (laughs) God. No word if these submarines will still be able to operate in choppy waters. (laughs) Submarines are expected. There's a light drizzle on the surface, and suddenly our radar equipment. Dive, dive, dive! (laughs) Submarines are expected to be delivered between 2025 and 2029. The Navy is justifying the purchase as necessary to confront so-called Chinese aggression in the South China Sea. It's a weird statement. (laughs) I'd understand Chinese aggression in, like, the Gulf of Mexico, but it is the South China Sea. 
The Department of Defense estimates that China could field upwards of 70 new subs by 2020. A report last year by the United States Study Center found that the U.S. would likely lose a war in the Indo-Pacific region due to increasing Chinese military capabilities. Or maybe also due to the fact that fucking we're just trying to play global policemen and a lot of us are just kind of sick of that shit. Yeah. The reality here is that the United States spends way more on its military than China. In 2018, the U.S. funneled $650 billion into its armed forces compared to only $250 billion by China. In fact, the U.S. spends more on its military than 144 other countries combined. The U.S. doesn't just spend more on its military than China. It spends more than China, Germany, the U.K., Russia, France, India, and Saudi Arabia all do combined. But as long as war profiteers in the U.S. stand to make a buck, it will never be enough. There will always be some threat on the other side of the world demanding billions of dollars in new arms contracts. How else will all the McMansions in Northern Virginia get built? More news about the U.S. government fucking the whole planet. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is threatening more U.S. meddling in Latin America. Yesterday, Pompeo spoke at the University of Louisville in Kentucky, where he discussed recent unrest in Bolivia, Chile, Ecuador, and Colombia. Despite the fact that Bolivia played host to a U.S.-backed coup, Pompeo hit out at foreign intervention, vowing, quote, to prevent Cuba and Venezuela from hijacking those protests. Venezuela, of course, has also played host uh, during the Trump administration to U.S.-backed coup attempts, which have not succeeded of course, you've all seen the famous meme of Juan Guaido on the phone looking at the camera, Pour looking one like out. the clueless dipshit that he is. Pour one out for Juan Guaido. The Secretary of State also said yesterday, quote, we'll work with legitimate governments to prevent protests from morphing into riots and violence that don't reflect the democratic will of the people. Naturally, this is the opposite of what the U.S. has been doing since the early 19th century when President James Monroe declared a national right to intervene in any country in the Western Hemisphere. It was invoked as recently as earlier this year by the Trump administration, when now former National Security Advisor John Bolton declared, quote, the Monroe Doctrine is alive and well. I don't need to go one by one to list every single country where the U.S. has intervened in Latin America since the Monroe Doctrine was declared, Otherwise, I don't know, uh, this podcast would probably be like two hours long or something. Perhaps Pompeo has personal sugar plantation interests to look after in Latin America because he has incredibly strong Tony the Tiger energy. Any comment, Mr. Secretary? I don't have anything to say about that. Mr. Secretary, have you pooped your pants in the last 10 years? I don't have anything to say about that. Okay, just asking questions. <laughs> I, I just, I really, maybe I'm trying too hard to make this happen, but I really think Secretary Pompeo uh, sounds exactly like Tony the Tiger. I don't have anything to say about that. Great. Relatedly, Pompeo met this morning with British Foreign Secretary Dominic Rabb. According to the readout, the pair discussed, quote, the challenges posed by Iran, chill and not ominous. Also, quote, the secretary and the foreign ministers also spoke about plans for a robust U.S.-U.K. free trade agreement post-Brexit. Reminder that this includes privatizing wide swaths of Britain's National Health Service to the parasitic vampires who make the U.S. healthcare system the worst in the industrialized world. 
Oh, hell yeah. Jump in the pool, Brits. The water is frigid and cold and will kill you here. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. The U.S. government is looking to broaden its database of facial recognition scans with a new proposal to capture the likeness of virtually everyone who enters or exits the United States, including U.S. citizens. First reported by Reuters, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is preparing a new regulation that would subject all international travelers to having their faces photographed. The Trump administration claims the purpose of the program is to crack down on individuals using forged travel documents and also to identify terrorists. But as Reuters noted, a pilot program out of the DHS's Customs and Border Protection was criticized for being rife with errors and finding very few instances of illegal travel activities. Facial recognition technology broadly has been less than reliable. Numerous studies have also found the technology providing inaccurate identifications, particularly when test subjects aren't white. There are also concerns from civil liberties groups in the U.S. that the expansion of biometric scans could be used to target vulnerable populations like immigrants who have arrived in the U.S. and stayed beyond their visas. Despite that, governments and local police departments are moving ahead with deployment. The DHS proposal is likely to be introduced in July. And despite problems with the pilot program out of CBP, Reuters reports that the department plans to bypass a pilot program this time around and fully implement the facial recognition regime following a 30 to 60 day public comment period. Other countries are ahead of the U.S. in using this technology, though with disastrous results. Take, for example, this story recently reported in Wired about how police in the U.K. were using facial scans, quote, Data recently released by an EU Freedom of Information request and then posted by the South Wales Police shows that at the Champions League final game in Cardiff last year, South Wales Police logged 173 true face matches and wrongly identified a whopping 2,297 people as suspicious. That is a 92% false positive rate. Mm. What could go wrong here? You're not looking at the 8% that that it got right. Finally, we have another data point for the District Sentinel Recession Watch. Yesterday, the Census Bureau released the latest monthly figures on the value of construction put in place. In October, total private construction was down and commercial construction fell dramatically, both on an annual basis. Private construction dropped by 1.8%. Commercial construction fell an entire 17.7%. By comparison, in December 2007, residential construction fell 20.4% on a year-over-year basis. That month is worth mentioning because it marked the official start of the Great Recession, which of course was driven by the collapse of the mortgage market, as reflected in the decline of the uh, residential housing construction value. We've noted time and time again on the show that that corporate financial markets are an increasing cause of concern for financial regulators. Also of note from the October numbers, private educational construction was down 15.7% year over year. Also, amusement and recreation construction plummeted by 18.3%. On those numbers, the amusement and recreation data They seem to indicate Americans are increasingly going the Sam Sachs route and refusing to leave the house. And you know what? Not a bad call. 
less of a chance of getting air hold by a Trump supporter in a movie theater. You can call me an early adopter. (laughs) Head of the curve, baby. All right. That's going to wrap up the newscast for today. Again, subscribe on patreon.com slash district sentinel so you can get access to all the bonus content and get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. We're going to read a few right now. This one goes out to Ryan. Watched The Irishman. Turns out they're all Italians. Mamma mia, eh? (laughs) Thank you, Ryan. I wouldn't say that they're all Italians, but they're they're definitely a lot. I don't want to ruin the movie, and I don't think this ruins the movie, but there is a scene where someone is knocked off for... um, not being deferential enough or not acknowledging the existence of anti-Italian bigotry here in the U.S. Well, you know what? I felt like there might have been some anti-Irish bigotry because both of the main Irish uh, characters were played by Italians. Wild stuff. Next, this is for Will's King. Best time of the year for me, the dipshit who loves turkey and gravy it's actually the worst time of the year because you have to wait a full year until you get it again uh, yeah i guess you were so. looking retrospectively i guess on last week yeah i i've maybe i'm already sated uh for my turkey and gravy isn't it weird that we don't eat turkey any other time of the year it is yeah i mean other than deli meat you eat, yeah that's you eat true. deli meat we do sandwiches eat, yeah we do eat turkey yeah, I forgot but i do think that turkey potatoes and gravy is one of the best meals there is yeah it should be like a a staple like at least once a month families serve turkey and potatoes and gravy i'm surprised there there isn't like a chain thanksgiving restaurant where you can just go to uh, i mean there kind of is boston market yeah that's more of a chicken though it's it's not really turkey place i think they have turkey legs or they used to i haven't been to a boston market in a decade they're they're closing maybe it's our fault are they (laughs) i get good cornbread there Maybe we should stop giving them free advertising. This one goes out to David. A closed internet. Nothing escapes nor enters just for Australia. (laughs) Thank you, David. Finally, this is for Stephen. Sadly, it's coming. Painful but necessary. A tolerance break. (laughs) (laughs) It's necessary every now and then. All right. Thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. One last thing to do before we leave today. Check out the listener rant line. Hey, Sentinel gang. It's Slater. I wanted to call in with a midway point update on Pundemonium, the qualifying rounds for the 2020 Awful Pundit Tournament. Um, the winners from Group 1 were Matthew Iglesias and Michael Tracy. The winners from Group 2 were Dan Pfeffer and Jamie Kerchick. The winners from Group 3 were Lauren Duca and Molly Hemingway. And the winners from Group 4 were Amy Siskind and Charlie Kirk. So that is the midway point update. Uh, the first four groups of voting are done. Groups 5 through 8 will be ongoing in December, um, wrapping up on the 25th. So um, everyone get over, get your votes in, you know, every week for the next uh, three. And we'll uh, we'll see who comes out ahead and makes the 2020 bracket. Peace out. 
Thanks for the call, Slater, giving Thank us you, an update Slater. on uh, Pundemonium. It sounds like some real junger, some real juggernauts, some real awful pundits making it out of those initial rounds. I'll never forget the time that Amy Siskin tried to get you fired, Sam, <laughs> for calling her Amy Piskin. Tried to get me fired by you yeah i guess me too because we sort of uh make decisions about the sentinel jointly because you know, the whole, uh, the whole co-op thing we decided against firing me yeah we did well you may have voted to fire me but you were outvoted by me <laughs> <laughs> thanks again uh slater uh subscribe to his patreon he puts a lot of work into it and that way you can have a say into who the competitors will be when the APT hits the knockout rounds. I like Charlie Kirk's chances because Me his too. tweets are so stupid and annoying. And I think really Twitter counts for a lot these days in terms of uh, analyzing who's the worst pundit. I think so too. Be like Slater, call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message, we'll play it on air. That's the show, thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, we're here in DC, so you, don't have to be. 